0: Palmerbet Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and
1: same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why TyrePower gives you the power
0: of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13-21-91.
1: The Opinions,
2: the panel. Talk, talk, talk me, yeah. Sam Ackerman with us this morning and uh, Brad Lewis as well. And Brad, uh, if I can start with you this morning, please. Uh, Joe Malcolm, of course, media manager now for the All Blacks, taking the hit for what happened uh, over the weekend, which has turned out to be pretty ugly from uh, the outsiders looking in. What about uh, from uh, a person who goes to press conferences and uh, would feel, I would imagine, quite let down by this whole thing?
1: Yeah, and um, look, Smithy. Uh, we we all understand that you know the All Blacks media manager is probably the second hardest comms position in the country, um, and I know that there's currently a transition period where they're bringing in someone new, and Joe's sort of overseeing it um, towards toward the end of the series. But you know, um, Sam Hewitt from SCNZ put it beautifully in a, in a tweet this morning when he said that. You know, like it wasn't that long ago that they presented to the media how open they were going to be and become more accessible because the media has complained has complained for a long time now that the All Blacks were very distant from the media and um like yeah and a couple of weeks ago Stuart Barnes wrote a story and um in his press in the UK and uh, I know a lot of New Zealand media uh, jumped on that story around Sam Kane. And an email was sent out to all of those media outlets, um, basically questioning why we were criticising the All Black captain and running a story from an overseas, uh, basically, you know, an overseas source. Which happens every day in the media, Smithy. I mean, you guys pick up stories every day from overseas. It happens. Uh, and to to cancel that press conference was was um, was naive from Joe. You know, like so naive because what. What, what did she think the media was going to spin anyway? It looks like Foster's running scared, right? And as Sam said in his tweet this morning, this is no longer an Ian Foster issue. It's an NZR issue. And uh, I, I kind of feel like um, New Zealand rugby are so insular. They're so disconnected from not just the media smithy, but the country that they don't understand. Like they don't understand that a lot of people in the media believe that they are North Korea, that that is how they handle themselves. Uh, and, you know, like look at look at a, a superstar in sport called LeBron James. He does a pre- and post-match press conference for every single game. That's 82 games a year. That's 164 press conferences. That's just in the regular season. And in the postseason, he does the same thing. Do you think that LeBron James wants to front up after getting eliminated from the NBA finals? No, but he does. Steph Curry does the same thing. Kevin Durant does the same thing. Derek Jeter from the New York Yankees used to do the same thing you know sports you know the media and and sport works together to make to bridge that gap between the fans and the sport to to inform and the fact that um New Zealand politicians are more accessible than the All Blacks and also don't throw their their, their pants out when when they get criticized it's, it's ridiculous. I know the company that I work for, Smithy, has been blacklisted by NZR for a comment that Tova O'Brien made on her breakfast show about Ian Foster when he, when they had an interview with him. I've put in three requests the last three weeks for an All Black, and guess what? Haven't heard anything from them. Radio silence. It's ridiculous. It's unprofessional, and it's coming back to Roost now because uh, you know, like it, it's every now. I think the rest of the I think the New Zealand public is understanding. What, what NZR is as a company, and there are serious issues there, and it's been happening for the last fifteen years, and uh, it needs to change.
2: I, I just wonder. Uh, I know Joe Malcolm uh, Samuelson for a long, long time, and uh, I just wonder if she's the messenger here. You know the old saying, "Don't shoot the messenger." I, I cannot believe that uh, she took this upon herself. I'm I'm st- I'm saying that, that there was guidance or a directive from above on this particular one, even though she say it, it's me, it's me, it's me. I, I I don't see it that way.
0: I've known uh, Jo Malcolm for um, a decade or two as well now. Um not we're not close, I just I've I've know her from working with her and um you know cordial conversations. Uh and I, I also know what the all Black media manager role is and the all back media manager does not have the, that type of power. That's not That never has been uh, the case, unless that's changed in the last few years. The media manager wasn't wasn't someone in a position to say, I'm cancelling the media opportunity. Uh, they answered to the coach, and they answered to uh, the team manager and, and the like. So this is not a, a solo mission, and I feel that um, Jo might be getting... You know, well, she's put a name forward here, so that's you know, whether she's throwing herself um, forward or being you know, chastised or otherwise. Now... I, I don't disagree with a lot of what Brad's saying, and listen, I, I was at, on the uh, the World Cup tour in 2003 where uh, John Mitchell held the media to ransom. Essentially, uh, we were there, you know, trying to cover him, and it, it was a nightmare. He gets knocked out of the World Cup the next day. He comes around, and shakes our hands. G'day, Sam. G'day, John. G'day, Jim. How's how, how's your trip been? Not one word prior to it, but the charm offences started afterwards. But by then. The, the writer was on the wall because the media had, you know, the media said, sorry, mate, you've made your bed, now you got to lie in it. And that's we saw John Mitchell get, you know, marched out pretty quickly, as all coaches did at that stage after losing the World Cup. Well, you know, the, this this current regime is in the same situation where, you know, when the All Blacks are the top dog in town, they get that, you know, people kind of almost need to fold in uh, to be able to get coverage. You heard what Brad said about um, the situation with uh, with his employers. It's now there's an opportunity um, that uh, all bets are off, then they're finding what the problem is. The biggest issue that's come from us is that New Zealand rugby has created a vacuum, a vacuum of silence. And it's the biggest topic in sport and arguably one of the biggest topics in the country. If they aren't going to be filling it, if they aren't going to be speaking, then that vacuum will be filled by others. And this is when the call for the heads to roll will come. This is when the criticising of chiefs, kids criticising of boards happen, because they have gone from an event on Saturday to a board meeting today, an awful long period of time to have nothing being said besides a release statement. Because that's, you know, we know that... You know, Mark Robinson could have fronted up as well and spoken, but he chose to um, go through a release. So this is, this is the bed they've made. They chose not to speak, and that is what comes with it. We should acknowledge that if there is any... Uh, we, we aren't on the inside, and perhaps there are some tell signs from experienced people that suggested, you know, they've, they've made the Naomi Osaka comparison, that maybe Sam Kane and Ian uh, Foster weren't in the headspace to be able to turn up, I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that at all. But they've made mention uh, to protecting individuals. Sometimes we have to take a little bit of a a bind to that as well. We can't have gone through what we have gone through uh, the past few years with uh, understanding the, the the pressures and the you know the the Olivia Podmore tragedy without taking a little bit of consideration. I'm not suggesting it's at that level, but we need to evolve a bit with that too. But look, they have created this vacuum. It is a rod for their own back. of Uh, they've made and um, it is time for this to be reviewed in a wider context
2: Great views Great views from both Brad Lewis and Sam Ackerman and uh, you can tell from uh, both of their opinions there that uh, they've been affected by this over the years and um, pretty much had a guts full of it so uh, we'll take a short break here, have some news with Aruha and when we come back we'll try and fill uh, the vacuum that Sam's talking about and try and crystal ball gaze a wee bit as what's going to happen in the next two days News now Uh Yeah, Sam Ackerman and Brad Lewis with us this morning and very forthright opinions too on um, what's coming out of the All Blacks or not coming out of the All Black uh, camp and New Zealand rugby at this point. So uh, Brad, let's try and fill uh, that vacuum that Sam was uh, talking about there with uh, our own theories about what is going to happen now to uh, to Ian Foster uh, and this group going to South Africa. What's, what's it even going to look like? Are we looking at changes
1: my my gut says no uh, because it's only a three week turnaround and I just don't think whoever comes in would be hand, hand, handed a hospital pass. Potentially maybe Joe Schmidt gets elevated to an assistant coach role, um, but like uh, Ian Foster ain't resigning because he won't get paid. He won't get his payout. So it'll come down to NZR to 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 make that decision if they do want a, a new coach. And I think you know I think the smart move would be to elevate Joe Schmidt to a head coach role if that's what he wants to do and then um, and then make him director of rugby in a year and a half's time and make Scott Robertson the head coach. That that seems to me to be the smartest move to have the least amount of turmoil within the squad. Um, Joe Schmidt looked after the team for the first week, and, and look what happened. <laughs> they won by 30 points. Now, uh, even in that game, I think Ireland were the better side. It was 10 minutes of All Black Brilliance that, that won in that game, but um, it doesn't reflect well on Foster that the team went down the toilet after that first game. Um, so, yeah, I, I would... If, if I was Mark Robinson and the board, that's the decision I would make. Joe Schmidt to head coach. I would, I would um, part ways with Ian Foster. Yeah, you have to pay him out, but that's tough cookies. You're the idiots who signed him to a two year extension in the first place, um, and and then and slowly fa- fa- phase in Scott Robertson, um, and he's the head coach at the end of the World Cup.
2: Sam
0: Ackerman, uh, what would you do? Well, what would I do, or do I think they'll do? They're very different things. Um, I I um, understand. I personally think that um, Ian Foster will stay uh, in a role that's um, that's is pretty unchanged. But I think that perhaps um, rather than make Joe Schmidt the uh, the coach or the assistant coach, I think he comes in with a, a role not. Di- I don't think the director of rugby personally. I think it'll be like a coaching uh, coordinator or supervisor or um, or advisor, whatever it is, uh, something that brings him in, um, not dissimilar to the role that uh, John Hart had with Ivan Cleary uh, at the Warriors, uh, where he is the guy who gives someone a, a, a gives them some to bounce off. If Joe Joe Smith wants to be head coach of the All Blacks in some shape or form, then he'll be you know, be very careful about the role he chooses because it'll be a hard transition. And certainly I, I, if Scott Robertson is going to be the coach post the World Cup, then I think that Joe Smith, I don't know if he would want or need to have a director of coaching coming in, sitting over the top when you're trying to bring in that, that level of fresh ideas and if you want Razor, you want Razor for razor. You don't want him coming in to assimilate to somebody else's ideas. So uh, it's, a, it's a messy situation. Um, I, I said on the show with you last week, Sunday, that Scott Robertson would be uh, would be foolhardy to want to take over the All Blacks in its current form at its at this current moment. He's got a uh, if he was to pick up the ball and yep he could for the World Cup, but just as easily, it's we can see it's a difficult scenario to bring forward, and that would be a, a blight on his coaching record as an All-Back coach going forward. If they fail at the World Cup, things can still go pear-shaped for him, and the level of understanding isn't always uh, there, despite the intention ahead of time. So, I definitely think that Ian Foster is part of the All Blacks uh, in, a, in a very similar role to what he is going forward um, and I just I actually don't know what the better option is. I think Joe Schmidt's involvement is a good one um, and I, I hear a lot about Sam Kane being um, thrown to the wolves uh, and, I, and while I can appreciate those calls, to me, for Ian Foster to stay in the role and uh, Sam Kane to be bumped is purely a financial decision. It's a look, look, we've made changes but we're not going to pay out this option and I feel Sam Kane is about to be Hard done by in the context of everybody else who should be putting their hand up.
2: Okay, uh, we shall wait and see. In fact, in 24 hours' time, we might know uh, the answer to all this uh, speculation, fellas. Uh, uh, but they have got other issues as well to deal with here uh, as well, Brad, by the look of it, because uh, Andrew Forrest, who is uh, an absolute billionaire in Australia, has thrown his uh, total support behind Rugby Australia uh, and uh, stands sport for a split from New Zealand. Now, it's something else on the agenda to to get through.
1: I mean, good luck to them. Uh, I I don't know how many Australians will be interested in an Australian Australian competition. Uh, Having spent some time recently in Australia and Brisbane, talking to a couple of rugby journalists, uh, they think it's a ludicrous idea from Rugby Australia because some of the most highly watched games in Australia are the New Zealand New Zealand Derby, so uh, and the Super Rugby final by all accounts rated really really well on 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 Stan Sport, uh, which is an interesting. Uh, interesting note. Uh, so, look, if they want to run their own competition, that's fine. I think we'll be fine by ourselves. They'll miss out on that, that um, you know, potential NZR money, which would certainly help, and a New Zealand broadcast element. I can't imagine Spark or Sky being interested in an Australian rugby competition. Certainly, they're not going to pay overs for it. Uh, so if, if they feel that they can, they can run a competition by themselves, then, then go for it. I think what's happening here is Australia, Australia, rugby Australia is just looking for a little bit more of the cake especially with NZR in the position it's in now, why not, man? And they should take a a run at this and and get a bit more money because, you know, NZR has been quite selfish when it's come to the broadcasting table. Uh, So good on Rugby Australia for at least making a play. I just don't think in the long term for them it's the right move.
2: Uh, Sam Ackerman, let's uh, get away from uh, rugby and let's look at uh, the Warriors uh, this weekend. Uh, They visit the Raiders and they visit them with Rhys Walsh on the bench for Chanel Harris-DeVita. What have you made of that uh, particular call by Stacey Jones?
0: I love it because uh, an interim coach um, could quite easily just go through the motions and kind of pick the teams and not look to upset the apple cart. Uh, but I listen. I, I don't think Reece Walsh. I know he got picked in the uh, the wider Origin squads again, but I don't think Reece Walsh has been um, setting the the, the 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 footy field on fire this year. Um, I would also um, state that he hasn't quite suffered second year syndrome where he you know he's, he's failed, but he's certainly not um, as explosive and uh, he's not. He's running on a little bit of instinct still, but those uh, I feel like there's a different, uh, certainly an F, uh, a difference between effort and enthusiasm. Enthusiasm takes you, um, gets you really involved in the play when you're in it. Effort is when you're putting in that same um, kind of commitment when you're not involved in the play. And a really great example of that is uh, when there was a bus made in uh, the Para game. We saw uh, Chanel... Harris be making a, a real effort to run back and make a, a huge difference where there's a jog on from uh, the fullback to, uh, to catch him up. I remember a little while ago, well, a long while ago now, when Andrew McFadden was the coach and uh, Conrad Hurrell uh, scored two or three tries in the game uh, and then he got dropped. And everyone's like, why? Why have you dropped the guy that's scoring tries? He goes, well, he, he's not putting in the way that he should. And you went back and watched the game, and you see the same things. Conrad Harrell's not putting in, wasn't chasing uh, breaks. He wasn't putting in the, the same effort as those around him. And those are areas that matter. So I don't think he's uh, lazy by any stretch, but I certainly think that this is the type of situation uh, that could be a good wake-up call for him. And I don't think that it's going to hurt the Warriors to have him come on and make an impact. Choose the moment for Reece Walsh to be involved and. In. I feel like Harris DeVito in his, his last year before he takes a, a self-imposed exile from the game has found a bit of a new lease on life. He's giving it all knowing that he's going to get a break after this, so he's leaving nothing in the tack. I'm, I'm OK with this. Same thing with Arce getting a, a run at um, in six and he's off contract. Why not take a look at him and see how he goes? He played well by all, uh, all accounts. In the uh, the lower grades uh, in the weekend, so I'm I'm comfortable. It's good to see Stacey Jones making calls and backing himself, even though it's just uh, his team on a on a temporary basis. He is still Stacey Jones. This is still the Warriors, and he gets to say the tempo and the style and the uh, the attitude you need to play with to be a warrior.
2: That's a key word uh, for me there that you've just added in there, Sam. Attitude and Brad. Uh, I I fear I, I'm from the outside looking and I fear a wee bit for this Reese Walsh. Uh, because uh, attitudes, uh, habits and things are usually developed at an early age, and once they're set, uh, particularly when you're playing in professional sport, they're hard to get out of. Uh, If he thinks he's going to be able to take this attitude across to Kevi Walters and the Brisbane Broncos, if it is an attitude, uh, he might have a short, sharp message dealt to him pretty early.
1: Yeah, especially with the way Kev Kid Walters has turned around that Broncos team in the last two years. Um I wonder if Reese Walsh is a little bit scarred from what happened at the back end of last season with the whole uh you know, with the issue where he got in trouble with the police and then had to front the media and he looked glum that day with his manager and, and um Cam George and he just hasn't been the same player right and I think Sam hit the nail on the head as he does with with most matters when he says you know the efforts there but he's lacking that enthusiasm the enthusiasm that he showed last year where he set he set the Warriors on on fire at points throughout the season last year in a tough tough season where he was a standout player in every single game Uh, and and yeah I, I think you know, maybe he's signed out already. He's he doesn't want to ruin his body with a um with a big contract uh for for the, with the Broncos and his his, his future and career will isn't Brisbane. It's not here. And I wonder if that's just in the back of his mind. Um I think Reese Walsh will be will be will be fine moving forward. He's a quality player. Um and, and I just think he may have signed out already. And I also wonder if he's still holding a few demons from what happened to him at the end of last year.
2: Mm. interesting okay fellas thanks very much for that it's been fantastic talking to you uh, this morning to uh, uh very very good um, uh, opinions to uh, about new Zealand rugby and uh, how they're treating the media and this latest saga is probably uh, it won't be the straw that breaks the camel back uh, back i think guys but I, I think a lot of pressure will go on as a result and uh, your opinion uh, is shared amongst a lot of people in the media i am sure it is ten forty two. Uh, We'll have some texts when we come back and we'll catch up with uh, Louis Herman Watt and uh, I think Pip Morris from the TAB. It's Greyhound Day in Palmerston North. Love to hear from Pip along those lines. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So
0: we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.